0: Hey there, and welcome back to the fun business, fun money podcast. If you're listening in real time, it's Tuesday, the 4th of July, 2023, which is apparently an important date in the US. And for the rest of the world, it's just another random Tuesday. If you're just new here, Tuesdays mean a new coaching episode where we dive a little deeper into a specific topic around business or money and having more fun with both. There's also a new episode every Thursday, a shorter tip, tool, or tactic that you can implement immediately to help you in your life, business, or money. And if you've been listening for a while, or even just the last few episodes, you'll know that the Fun Business, Fun Money podcast now has over 50 episodes for you to check out while you're going about your day Doing your thing. I actually can't believe it's only been six months since the first episode, and it's become one of my favourite things, even though it's just me sitting here recording in a room by myself. So, as always, I want to give a big shout out to every single person who takes time to listen, whether it's as each episode is released or sometime in the future and you binge through them. I love a good binge listen. Whether you're sitting down, taking notes, or you're on the go, I just want you to know that I appreciate you. Now, today we're talking about ideal clients and the biggest question that they have when they see your content online, your offers, when they hear about you, what's the question they are asking? Why should I care? I know, harsh but true. There's a whole lot of shrugging and eye-rolling and meh as they keep scrolling on by because it's just not for them. At least, it's not yet. There's possibly some gaps or potholes in, in the customer journey they take to find you in the first place and then eventually buy from you. So let's dive into it with an example from my own recent experience. It's getting colder here in Australia. Winter isn't just coming, it's officially here. Last year in 2022 was our first winter in Queensland as a family. We're now a thousand kilometres north of where we used to live in Sydney. And that's a whole lot further north than where I grew up in the south of New Zealand, which was just on the 45 degrees south, literally halfway to the South Pole. Needless to say, It's a lot warmer in Queensland than the south of New Zealand and in Sydney. But it's still winter. And that means that it recently became a priority for me to find ways to stay warm in my office. I've become someone's ideal customer. I'm researching options and I'm ready to buy a solution for my problem. Now, I don't know if this winter is going to be as cold in Queensland as it was last year. There were so many people talking about how that was the coldest winter that experienced in decades, which is quite a big deal. I mean, it was still fairly mild compared to what we were used to. And I mean, it's not like we're having major winter snowstorms or anything. But there was certainly a few weeks where I had my puffer jacket out. And that's something I never thought I would do in Queensland. My home office gets particularly cold and also gets particularly hot in summer because it's in a part of the house that overhangs the lower level and there's no insulation under the floorboards. That's on the list to deal with ASAP, but in the meantime, it's cold. So this year, I decided I needed to be prepared. And instead of using a heater, which I didn't want to do, I settled on a heated throw blanket. Now, I love an electric blanket on the bed to warm it up before I get in because my toes are almost always cold. So a heated throw blanket is the perfect solution for when I'm sitting in my office. I don't want to be bundled up in a puffer jacket and a scarf when I'm on client calls. So I googled all the options to see what was available and what sort of price they are. And suffice to say, there's a wide range of prices with not much difference between the actual products. I ended up going into a few stores to check them out and I discovered that the lowest priced one isn't actually able to be washed. You can just spot clean it, nothing else and that's a hell no for me. Just no. No. So I ended up buying one that was almost twice the price as that cheaper one, but it ticks all the boxes. It also wasn't advertised online. I just happened to see it when I was in Costco. It's washable, it heats up in just a few minutes, and I can tell you it is so cozy that I can switch it off after about 10 minutes. It's absolutely perfect. So how does this riveting winter tale help you with your ideal clients? Well, it's all about the journey. The important question that I want you to write down if you can, I mean, if you're out walking or driving, don't do that. You'll find a full transcript of this episode via the show notes link in the description. So you can go back later and get what you need. The important question that you need to ask is what is my ideal client thinking right before they look for me? Because here's the reality check for pretty much every online entrepreneur. You can create something amazing and go and market the shiz out of it. You can create all the ideal client avatars or profiles you want. You can build your audience as big as you possibly can. But if whatever you offer isn't specific enough about who you help and the problem you solve, none of that matters. You don't need to be convincing anyone to buy your offer or to work with you or to pay you for your products or services. Handling objections is such an outdated concept. It really is a thing of the past. It's that always gives me that sleazy salesman vibe where you've literally knocked on a random person's door because it's on your list and you're pitching your thing to a person who doesn't know you, they're not looking for you, and they probably don't even have the problem that you're offering to solve. There's zero, no, like, and trust to start with, and they have no need of what you have. So, of course, there's going to be objections. Don't be that person. That is not who we are. We, you and I, we are way more observant than that. We know when we're being vague and fluffy, even if we don't want to admit it. And by vague and fluffy, I mean things like using jargon that's only understood by those who are already in your world. The most obvious of this is the spiritual coaching side of things, astrology, human design, all of those concepts. If you're a Gemini with Virgo sun and, I don't know, Mercury rising, great, that's nice. But the majority of the population has no idea what your cool club terminology means because you're referring to a modality. Now, don't get me wrong. I love the woo side of life. But if you're using that type of language, you're missing the mark because your ideal clients don't care about your how, the modality, until you show them what and why. People are not looking for a modality. They're looking for a solution to their problem. They're out there Googling things like, Why is my energy off this week? Or how do I stay consistent? Or if they're like me looking for a way to stay warm, they're Googling warmest throw blanket near me. And hey, presto, here's an electric throw blanket to get me toasty warm in minutes. Your modality could very well be the thing that they need to know, to use, to understand, or to live by. But if they're not at the point where they care enough about that, you're shouting into the void and only your existing clients or fans, I mean, we all love raving fans, right? But if only they know, or maybe even your peers, then they're the only people that are going to hear you and they're not the ones that are going to buy from you. Now, if you've not thought about this before, or it's been a while, take some time to think about the people that you want to serve and what's going on for them. Take yourself out of the picture. It's not about you. It's not about your offer or your modality or even your price for that matter. Not at this point. It's about your ideal clients and what they're looking for find those words that those people are looking for and you're now on the right track. Make the connection with those people and I don't mean just by clicking add friend or add connection but show them the connection between their problem and your solution in the clearest simplest terms. I saw a great example of this on LinkedIn recently One of my new connections was talking about website copy. Yes, that thing that we all dread writing. And let's be honest, we kind of dread reading it as well. And that's because most of us take too long to get to the point or to connect the dots. We're making it about us when it needs to be about them, your ideal clients and their problem. It's not about you and your expertise, or the modalities, or your qualifications, your story, and it is definitely not about how much money you made in your business. I I have seen that on right at the top of a website. Just remember, your ideal client is out there seeing that, and they're rolling their eyes, they're shrugging, and they're saying, cute, I don't care and then scrolling or clicking off to something else. There is so much detail in this ideal client work that it can feel really overwhelming. But the reality is, I don't think most people go deep enough with it because they're looking at it from, quite often, demographics. That's the most common approach. But how on earth does knowing a job title, an income level, and a location help you. That's still just surface level stuff. Now my ideal clients are coaches, consultants and digital creatives, which includes web designers, copywriters and photographers. They're online service providers who support other businesses with visibility and operations. They're providing done for you services or teach you how services. That's the surface level stuff. Let's take it a little bit deeper. Think about the size of the businesses that you're targeting or the type of organization that it is or both. Do they have a certain number of employees or even freelance team members? Where are you picking them up on their business journey? Are they solopreneurs, agencies, small businesses? seven-figure businesses, or big corporations. Now, I love working with solopreneurs and agencies, and having spent 25 years working in large corporations, I know it's not an environment I enjoy or feel like I can have a lasting impact on. I prefer to take those small businesses and help them grow to six figures, multiple six, and even seven figures, whatever their goal is. So what's their current average monthly income? When you go working with tiny, tiny businesses, money is an issue. So it's something that you need to consider. If they're not yet stable enough, you will be the first to go. Your invoice will be the first one that doesn't get paid. Other questions to consider, where do your ideal clients spend their time? And I'm not just talking about social media platforms here. What do they do during their work hours? Are they on a laptop or are they out and about on the go and only checking in on things randomly? Are they listening to podcasts during their commute or their downtime or at the gym How do they find a new service provider? Are they searching on social media? Are they asking for referrals? What resources do they sign up for? What are they interested in? What does their average day look like? Map it out and get specific. What are they spending their time on? What kind of events do they attend? Are they going to networking events? Are they networking locally? Are they online? Do they network at all? What is a high priority to them? What's actually important for them? How do they spend their budget? Do they even have a budget for the work you do? Now, if you send emails or newsletters, do they even read it? Or is it someone else monitoring their inbox for them? Because that used to be my job in my corporate career. And I can tell you most newsletters were deleted before my boss ever saw them because they're already drowning in emails and you're now adding to the clutter. So it may be that you don't even need an email list if that's your target audience. All of these are things that I help my clients work through to make sure they're creating offers that exactly meet the needs of their ideal clients. We also take a look at the possible money archetypes of their ideal clients and help them understand those people's buying behavior. When you use the slightly nuanced language of certain money archetypes, your message resonates so much better. if you're using general terms. It's like swapping out price for investment. There's a whole different energy attached to it and it's going to resonate with different money archetypes. I shared a bit about this in episode 29 on buyer behavior. So make sure you check that one out if you're interested in what makes people buy the things they do. Why do they spend money on these Seemingly random things that you would never spend money on. One thing to watch out for when you do an analysis like this is the outliers. Just because you got that one client from doing that thing that one time doesn't mean they're the one. We need to be aware of the outliers rather than giving them our entire focus And ignoring the rest of the amazing potential clients that you haven't yet identified properly. We're looking for sure things here. So look for the patterns that work over and over and over. Now most of my clients in my business have come from Facebook. Whether it's in my friends list, a referral from someone I know from Facebook Or from a Facebook group. They mostly haven't come from email, not from Instagram, and not from doing reels or sharing endless stories. Most have come from watching me share valuable content over time from my written posts, my videos, live streams, and and podcast episodes. Where do most of your clients come from? You might have got one once from your email list, but is that how you get most of your clients? Another thing to be mindful of is who you ask for advice when you do this kind of analysis. The majority of people you'll talk to are only able to give advice based on their own experience and behaviors. It's like branding via social media. Don't ask people for feedback about your logo or your colors or your business name. They don't know you or your business like you do. Go and ask someone who you think is your ideal client. Ask them to go through this process and and find out these questions. Communication is such an amazing tool, don't you think? Trust your intuition about who your ideal clients are and then ask yourself the kind of questions I've covered here. You'll find a full transcript in the show notes link in the description so you don't have to try and listen and hit pause to quickly write them down. You're welcome. That's why I do it. If you'd like my help working through this and all the other things that you need to make your business the fun, profitable, sustainable thing of beauty that you've always wanted. Send me a DM about Ignite, my private coaching program. I'm at fun business fun money on both Facebook and Instagram. Or one word. You'll find me on LinkedIn, just search for Deirdre Amy's. Or you can email hello at deirdreamis.com if you prefer to email. I currently have spots available for new clients, so get in my inbox and let's have a chat about it. You'll also find a link to more info about Ignite in the description of this episode. So that's what I got for you today. Take a moment and ask yourself, does my ideal client even care about this piece of content I'm about to share with the world or this offer I'm about to create? If the answer is, cute, but I don't care, then you probably need to rethink it. Because let's face it, you can create all the content and market your offer everywhere. But if you're not talking to the right people about solving the right problem, nobody cares. Take care, have fun, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Thanks for joining me. If you found this episode useful, make sure you hit that follow button on your chosen podcast platform so you get the notifications when each new episode goes live and you don't miss anything. If you know someone who would also get something from it, don't be shy, share it with them. One of the best things about being a business coach for online entrepreneurs is helping them make sense of their creative ideas and turn them into a simple, clear business system. makes money. A client recently described me as a castle building expert. You've got the big vision and some of the building materials already, but you don't quite know how to bring it all together into a solid foundation. Then I come along and I show you the blueprint that makes sense of it all. I love that analogy. And I'd love to show you your personalized blueprint, the one that's just right for you and your clients, but I can't do that until you join Ignite, my business and money coaching program. So head on over to deirdreamys.com forward slash Ignite for all the details, fill out the application form, and let's talk about building your castle in the simplest, easiest way possible.